about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. or 20 and i can't tell and you know when you can't tell it's time for worst gig ever hey guys i'm mike pace hey guys i'm jeff garlock (laughs) this week we have the awesome paul delaney who you may know from such bands as black anvil and none more black he was also in kill your idols he also did time with madball this guy is a superstar of extreme music you might say as we say in the biz he has got the goods he has Uh, the goods he has stories galore i mean you want to hear about some physical altercations you're going to get plenty in this episode and we haven't had that in a while and Perhaps Paul's and proud of it, but it makes for great stories. There's a lot of violence. Yes. To cite the <laughs> eternal the nightmare. Uh, <laughs> thrash Legends Vio Dash Lens. Yes. Um, but Paul's also a super funny guy. He's a great storyteller. We talk about his upbringing in Queens. Kiss. Kiss. We talk about heavy New York bands. We talk about black metal. We talk about punk rock. It felt like we hit on everything we would have wanted to talk it's about. It's a classic. And what it's you a classic. Worst, I think this is a ever. classic worst gig ever. And uh, Black Vanvil do have a new record coming out on May 27th. It's called Hail Death. It will be out on Relapse Records and in all fine record stores and digital outlets. So definitely check that out. And those guys will be, of course, playing around. So do look into that. I can bet you that that record w- destroys. Oh, I'm sure. You it, want to take that bet, Mike? I, I know. I know because I agree with you. I'm not, look. <laughs> look, you want to take that bet or what? As, as my man Wesley Snipes once said, always bet on black metal. Anvil. So, or, <laughs> yes. so he knows what he's talking about. You know, I once almost wrote an entire parody script of a Wesley Snipes movie. It was going to be called Black Guys. It was about him being a member of the NHL. And I'm uh, glad that that never came yeah, to fruition. Really. Uh, it was just a lot of taglines related to ice. But speaking of things as cool as ice, check out all of our back episodes. Worst Gig Ever podcast. How was that for a segue? Worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. We are on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Facebook. Leave us a comment, rate, review. You can get in touch. Worstgigever at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at Mikey Pace, at G Garlock, at Worstgigever. We love to hear from you. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. And you know who we also want to send thanks to? Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, Tweaked Audio. These are fantastic headphones. Go to tweakedaudio.com, enter the promo code WORST, and get one-third off of your purchase of a pair of these fantastic earbuds that make all different types of audio products. So you'll love them. You know what you're also going to love? What, our web series, which you may be able to find on YouTube.com, backslash official comedy, type in Worst Gig Ever and see seven episodes of our hilarious web series, because it's always 420. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you know what you're also going to love? Paul Delaney. Thank you. On this week's (laughs) Worst Gig Ever. Freiburg, East Germany. 
Kill Your Idols Violent Society. It was the first tour we ever did in uh, in Europe. We played this 800-year-old castle that was like turned into a squat. And we got there early, and it was fucking cool looking. And uh, it was great. So Violent Society plays, and the lights were out. And they are like, yo, leave the lights on. It's really dark. You can't see shit. There was a lot of people there. It was mad skinheads in the back. So that's the part that you keep in the back. Right. Like a horde of skinheads drinking in the back. <laughs> So, and a lot of people there. So we play with the lights on, and it was like a couple of fluorescent, like, you know, lights across the ceiling. Uh, everyone, like, there was someone, this one guy in an infest shirt yelling in German, and it's just like, I get it. I don't know what the fuck you're saying. He's but, voicing his opinions. Yeah, he's just <laughs> screaming. And all of a sudden, a beer bottle goes flying up at the light and breaks the light, and fucking all this glass just falls in front of us. And we're like, they want the lights out. <laughs> Our tour manager, Daniel, was like, ah, fucking, they want you to shut the lights. And we're like, yeah, let's play a couple more. Like it was just getting really <laughs> tense, and we're like, let's just play a couple more songs and like wrap it up, <laughs> do like a ten song set when we would normally do fifteen to seventeen. Right. Yeah. We were like, let's just like cut it short because this shit's fucking. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. And we did, and it was cool. There was nothing going on. Uh, we're loading out, like we're bringing all of our stuff out, and I noticed like our tour manager was having a hard time getting money. Like he was in the office with the promoter. Promoter was like fucking Dolph Lundgren, like this monster, <laughs> big fucking monster. And one of the Violent Society guys at one point was like argue, like bickering with this fucking drunk dude, and uh, we're all sort of in this area. Like at this point, we're all loaded, and it's just like. We're looking for Daniel. We want. Well, we all want to get the fuck out of there because it's just like let's leave. Right. This is. There's a lot more people here. You know. The band. Let's. So we're all just sort of standing like in this room like this, and the promote the the office is right there, and uh, all of a sudden I there's like shoving and fucking Mike from Violent Society clocks this fucking kid in the face, <laughs> and everything gets separated. There's yelling. Promoter comes out, and he just like furiously comes out of the room. <laughs> And fucking me and Brian, that's in Loyal to None also, just fucking both at the same time clocked the guy. They were like the biggest guy. Like, let's fucking, we were like, like both snuff him. And he just looks at us and like, like with the, uh, yeah. Like he's a like, mosquito. Yeah, like a, I'll fucking deal with you in a minute. And he's just concerned because the guy that fucking just got laid out was his fucking friend. So everything gets sort of parted and I'm just, I got eyes in this guy because we were like fucking, you know, like. It's about to be on. Everything gets separated. Daniel comes out of the office like, and he's like, oh, let's just fucking go. We're fucking money. I got, we're good. We're good. And we all sort of leave. And there was one guy in our camp that who will remain nameless that we saw sort of <laughs> split when the whole shit went down. And it was like, ah, it's cool. It's cool. And it was sort of like, it's this is not cool, motherfucker. We will leave you here. And uh I we made him. He wound up getting in Violent Society's van because he was like, "It's cool, man." And I was, I shut the door. I was like, "If it's cool, then you, then fucking good. I'll fly home tomorrow. I don't give a shit." Right. Like, all I could think of in my head is like, "Fucking romper stomper happening in like sure. five minutes." Like the whole time, right. I'm like, "I know what's going." All someone has to do is go in the bar and be like, "You, yeah, yeah," or like, blah, 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 like just screaming in German. Right. So we all just sort of fucking got in the vans and got the hell out of there, and it was just so sketchy, man. And uh turned out, like, Daniel was trying to get paid, and he wound up, like, dismantling a fucking stereo receiver. and was just like, ah, if you don't have money, I fucking take this. And the guy was like, whoa. <laughs> and he wound up, like, giving him whatever the fucking guarantee for the two bands was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just got out of there. <sighs> I, I feel like by the skin of our teeth. Like, sure. I literally imagine seeing, like, a fucking angry mob turning the corner, like, 
the complex of the castle. Fucking, <laughs> yeah. And it's a castle. Right. So it's not like you just run out the front door. Like you have to go through the fucking right. like the dried up moat and all this shit. Yeah. It's fucking terrible, man. And Did, then in addition to that, there's almost like there's this threat of violence at the actual show with the lights and with the guy with the broken glass. So like you so, narrowly escape that. Yeah. And all those people need to see it's like, oh, these assholes again. Right. Like, <laughs> right. We're the reason for all of the stress. Yeah. And their evening. All they want to do is drink and have fun and not be in bright light. <laughs> yeah. So fucking, yeah. It was, I'll never forget. Like, that yeah. was one of the most tense situations I've ever been in because of the amount of people that, like, it would have been, like, the scene in Romper Stomper. Yeah, like, right. The end where the fucking, right. the Asians start stomping out all the skinheads. Like, not <laughs> right. even, like, you know, like, right. where there's just hundreds of them. Yeah. Like, coming out of nowhere, like, running through the kitchen scene, like, the pantry sure, or whatever. Sure, yeah. I, just wrecking I lived people. in fear of skins. Like, all, like, you know, every time Europe tour, like, it would always be like, if there was just the hint of just like, oh, watch out. I'd be like, oh. Like, if you pull up at a squat and you'd be like, see, like, anti-fascist zone, and you'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, god relieve. damn it, man. <laughs> Like, I, like, let's stay in here, please. Let's not go do anything because, like, we're going to get targeted somehow. Did you, yeah, did you find that on that Kill Your Idols tour through Europe that that was kind of a reoccurring thing? Not totally. Uh, there was another tour that we did where we had to leave the city after the show. Like, we got a police escort out of the city because it was like a rally, the Nazi rally the next day. Really? And it was like all locked down and they had to like escort us yeah. out of there. And Rafe almost got his ass kicked that night by three German dudes who was beating the shit out of him ping pong. Because Rafe is like fucking ping pong master. <laughs> of course. Like one of the things where he was just like, oh, I'm fucking great at ping pong. Right. Like, I've never seen you play ping pong in the fucking nine years I know you. And then he's like Forrest Gump. He's a fucking madman. Same tent. Like he's it's one of those guys that like yeah. doesn't lose the knack for a sport. Right. Not only the drummer and a lot of the projects, but also a ping pong uh, yeah. maven. And he fucking almost like got his ass handed to him. So yeah. that was another weird tense night where right. it's just like, yo, like this guy's going to fucking gonna get wrecked by these they're like drunk klingons you yeah know? like <laughs> the night with the police escort did they like did the promoter let you know that or did yep. was it and they were just like just by the way right when you're done yeah just get in the van and because it's gonna look sketchy if a van like starts driving out of the oh know. he had already worked it out already yeah. with the cops and everything that is fucking crazy yeah. Where did you end up going? Like, where you, did you? Because that, that's just, the thing too with Europe is it's hard to get. You, you can't just stay, grab a hotel. You stay at places. I don't yeah. remember. We I, we all remembered. Rafe vividly remembers. There was this girl that he was like attached to that was wearing <laughs> purple pants. If I text him now, yo, Germany, purple pants. He'll like fucking write back. I can verify the story yeah, just right. by texting him that. And uh, he still talks about that to this day. <laughs> But I don't remember. We just sort of like drove through the night. Right. And wherever we ended up, I don't, I don't remember. Because that was always the stress I remember with Europe. Because it's like, you know, if it, it sucks in the you in you know America if you like thought you had a place to stay, but then you can grab a hotel. But like. You can't do that. No, no. It's just not even an option. And You're even just... when you do have a hotel, it's like weird and vacant and there's a yeah. key left for you. Yeah. And it's yeah. like. It's not. And there, there's certainly no sneaking in of stuff. And there's not as much. Like you can't sneak in people in gear if yeah. you need to. They yeah. And they never want to drive halfway and do the rest in the morning. It's like, no, we wake up 6.30, drive right. nine hours. Yeah. yeah. Right. In Poland on a fucking cobble road, and you just like, it's like riding a horse for the entire day. Right. Speaking of the skinhead thing, I remember in going to show, going to show at the PWAC on Long Island, um, People with AIDS Coalition, later the Common Ground, for those of you not familiar, um, seeing the Templars play uh, like a hardcore show with, you know, I don't, I don't know. Loyalton may have very well been on that bill. I remember that tour. But 
the Templars, and inevitably there was, you know, a fight during their set. Um, and I think they were, the Templars, correct me if I'm wrong, where they were, a couple of the guys were black skinheads. Yeah. And then, so that, that, you know, just ignorance abounding, you know, right. led to other kind of issues. And I just remember, you know, someone flying across this warehouse, like the place going on lockdown for their set. And then like, inevitably, it's just like inevitably there's going to be some kind of fuck up. When yeah. you when you throw an oi band on a hardcore bill. Ooh, speaking and speaking of skinheads, <laughs> Kill Your Idols, F minus, Bane and Agnostic Front Tour. Uh Bane were like the outcast band on that right. tour. Like they were just like you could tell <laughs> yeah, yeah. they were just like fuck. <laughs> what do and, we get uh, ourselves into? We play in fucking Jacksonville, which is Jacksonville, Florida, like the armpit of the fucking yep. world. It's the reason uh, I've played Florida but, once in my but life. But <laughs> a huge hotbed of like punk rock yep. stuff. They love it. And Nazis. And <laughs> so they're with AF. Roger is not white. Yeah. At all. Yeah. It's completely like a hundred percent Spanish. Uh Latino. Yeah. And uh Vinny's fucking Vinny. This was the Roger Vinny Coletti. It was like the reunion lineup, and then they had just gotten Mike Gallo in the band. Like, Kabul mm-hmm. had just left. So, I forget which record. Dead Yuppies or one of the fucking Epitaph ones. So, we realized there's a lot of skinheads there. And uh, it's cool. You start seeing tattoos and shirts, and you're like, ah, whatever. You know, like... <laughs> I well, don't they could give be a, sharps, right? They yeah, there's a part of me like I don't give a fuck if you're just going to like hang out and enjoy like... You want to see AF? Cool. Don't be sure. a dick. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this shit. I'm like not... It's your turf, not mine. Yeah. So uh, at one point, Vinny's like, Vinny calls me over. He's like, yo, look at this. Look at this. And he's holding like a photo album. And I look and it's a picture of him and Roger. And they're both like this with all these skinheads. <laughs> and the first thing you think of is like, Roger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking... For the listener, there was a sig heel involved. Yeah. And, and it just makes no sense, but makes sense sure. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the, you know, they were all laughing. He's like, this is old, man. This is like 84, like whatever year. And it was just like, all right. So we play. And uh, it was just weird. Like a couple of dudes like got into a fight with each other, like friends that were already drunk. And it was, uh, I want to say Bane F minus us AF. That mm-hmm. may have been the order. Or f minus bane but uh so there's two bands and whatever openers prior to us to just fucking be getting like mm-hmm. fucking lit up so like a little pushy sort of fight breaks out during our set and it was just weird and I'm like like let's just sort of wrap it up and andy our singer was just like let's just do like this this and end with like here to stay sheer terror cover mm-hmm. of course skinheads love <laughs> yeah. we're not thinking because that's just like the normal rotation yeah, yeah, cover yeah. So, uh, and it was like this weird balcony-ish thing, like a... What was the club? Do you remember? Oof, I have no idea, but I remember everything about it. Right. Like, yeah. Physically. Right. And it wasn't like a huge balcony, but it was like the equivalent of like a parent's nicer apartment. Sure, where, like, sure. This, there's a second floor and a railing. Yeah. And uh, the Bane guys were like watching from up top. And everyone, the second we kicked into that song, place erupted and went nuts. And there's a million, like, million, like, Nazis just like <laughs> grabbing on Andy and singing along. And I just like remember looking up and like the, the eye contact that happened was just like disappointment. It was so great. We're like, well, all right, like this is the way we're gonna go. Like, <laughs> yeah, we we finished the song. It was cool, and that was it. Like, you know, a couple people when we were done were like just, like psyched and like hitting Andy's yeah. hand. Like, and it was that was it. There was no 
you know, Did they that, buy any merch at least? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Get something out of it. Stayed away from money. that. Yeah. But uh, and during AF, it was totally cool. Like everyone just had fun. Yeah. We watched. You know, like no no craziness because they obviously are there for Agnostic Front. Yeah. So, right. Uh, yeah. That was it. That wasn't like one of the worst. It was actually one of the best shows because right. the coverage just made up for it. Like we had like a crazy <laughs> yeah. Nazi. Pit. I got to imagine that when you're on tour with a band like Agnostic Front or even Madball, like. There is no shortage of things to look like. Something's got to happen. It's not like necessarily like your band or my band where it was like, you know, you didn't have to worry about the crowd, like kicking your ass at some point. The odds point. are more in favor yeah, on like, those tours that they'll be I fighting. Mean, you have to be worried. Is there, um, obviously you're we surrounded by buddies. black and... tour with Annie Flag because mm-hmm. we were on fat, right? We still are ish. If mm-hmm. we, whatever we, we opt to do. <laughs> by the way, before I forget, I was listening to, uh, to, to none more black earlier today when I was doing my research and I started. The fact that you guys have a song called Gary Page 2, or Gary Page 1 in pink. Do you know what that's from? It's, it's, it's Howard Stern ref. I died. What I, is the reference? Because basically whenever, when, <laughs> it was, it's brilliant. Whenever, you know, they use a computer yeah. in the studio to like, Gary or whoever, JD, they post stuff to Howard's computer and like, you know, you'll, you know, where, Gary, where is it? And then you hear him interrupt on the intercom, Gary page, page one in pink. <laughs> yeah. And because it's color code, it's the dumbest <laughs> thing, but it's clear, like, and the fact that on the last None More Black Red, there's a song called Gary page one in pink. It was just like, That's who, who came up there's with a that? Couple, there's, Jason. Okay. So there's a, a couple of Howard Stern references oh. too. The second No More Black Record, my wallpaper looks like paint. It was a King of Whole Blacks and Angry Black arguing, and it was just a line like we're all yeah. just in the van. We had like serious on. It was like, well that like, between that and all the Seinfeld references. That's that's another conversation. But so you were saying about uh, Number One Black was touring with Annie Flag. We were touring uh, Annie Flag against Me Rise Against. It was mm-hmm. like the fat tour that year. It was the against tour, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were the only band that didn't have George Bush on a fucking shirt. <laughs> Like the outcast band, as <laughs> yeah. always, as always. Uh, well, you weren't Bane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might have been the Bane of that tour. But. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. And, well, this proved to, to be, yeah, we were. Uh, so some fucking, like, mad Pantera skinhead at fucking Emo's in Austin with, like, a goatee and thick fire fucking man suspenders. <laughs> like, well, total, like, Texas skinheads. Yeah, like a white trash goatee fucking pan- Pantera skins, we yeah. always call them, because yeah. they just, you know, they That's love Pantera. That's a great description. Yeah. They're the guys that are, like, you go see Slayer and they're just shirtless with scratches on them and, like, yeah. fucking all, like, <laughs> yeah. sweaty. Like, one of those dudes. It was, like, two of them and their girlfriends and uh, Tom, I guess I could call him Tom at the time. From he was against the, me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a man then. Yeah, uh, who's a good, who's a good friend mm-hmm. and always willing to throw down. Uh, <laughs> approaches a promoter and Annie Flag had all this like fuck. You know, at the time the singer was allergic to everything. Whatever was put in front of him, he's allergic to it. So there's no smoking in the venue. You couldn't bring in corn or whatever the fuck his deal was. Like <laughs> he's allergic maize to trade for yeah, there's a bushel, man. <laughs> yeah, he's like allergic to everything. So you got to take it easy. You can't <laughs> yeah. fucking smoke. And uh it was like, you know, you, you could put up signs that say no smoking tonight, but you can't just kick this fucking guy out of a show who has a, a, a swastika on his shirt. And the shirt was like an old propaganda image of like troop, like a fucking SS mm-hmm. soldier with a flag in the background. A nice crisp white shirt, and uh, you know, against his merch guy was Jewish, and that was brought up. It was like, well, he's fucking, you know, like our merch guy's Jewish. 
does that maybe he's like you know what if he's offended by this what if anyone here is offended by this this guy like one guy could fucking ruin a yeah, show and right. as this conversation's happening there's like three of us standing there some like mexican like crusty kid fucking nailed him <laughs> and it was just like well there you go yeah, yeah. so they wind up throwing out like the four the skinhead circle and the fucking one like punk kid and we all just sort of went outside, like me, Annie Flags, dude, I think James from Against Me, Jason. And uh Annie Flags Tech was a, was a friend of ours from Pittsburgh, Mike Rock, who mm-hmm. we've known for years. And he's like trying to break the two like the the, the Spanish kid up in the fucking Pantera skin. Oh, they're fighting outside. Yeah. Okay. It's and at this point it's like not really like super fighting, but yeah. like they're just on top of each yeah. other and there's enough people trying to break it up. And one of the other guys who's shirtless with his suspenders on is braces. No, they're suspenders. They're yeah. like fucking like this, like Mork and Mindy fucking yeah. suspenders. <laughs> fucking guy, like, Mike's trying to break it up. And this guy, like, is grabbing Mike. So I just, like, grabbed his fucking, like, suspenders. I'm like, guy, guy. And I, he, like, clocks Mike in the back of the head. So I fucking yanked him. And he, like, unclipped from his, the back of his pants. And I just, like, tried wrapping him around his head. And me and we had, a. Uh, this dude, Andy Wheeler, who's in that band Rambo, filling in for us at the yeah. time on guitar. And we, like, stomped the dude out really quick. It was great. <laughs> it was all, like, in 30 seconds. And uh, fucking just stomped him out. The whole shit gets broken up again. And fucking they're walking up the block screaming, like, you fucking nigger lovers. And <laughs> right in front of a hip-hop club. <laughs> so we're all right. just, like, looking down the block. And they're, like, yelling at us. And all of a sudden, you just see, like, them look at the doorway. <laughs> right. And four dudes come out of the doorway and Oops. chase them across the street. <laughs> It was like they just walked right into the fucking lion's This den. is like perfect example. I never understood why like two skinheads would show up to a club. Like, and ruin it. Sometimes yeah. ruin a whole show. Yeah, yeah but I just Takes never understood their mentality. Is that, is that what they're thinking? Like, we're going to go fuck this shit? Or like, no, I actually genuinely like this band. I want to see this band. But I'm going to wear my swastika t-shirt. Right. I just, I never understood the logic. Yep. Like, as I mean, I guess the first logic is you're a skidhead. So that so, was a weird logic. Well, when you're anyways. a Pantera one, though, it's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there was an issue in Jacksonville on that tour with Annie Flagg, and they were like, oh, we may have this weird beef. And I'll get back to this story because I got reprimanded. <laughs> uh, so we're in J- Jacksonville. Right. And uh, they, they told everybody that there may be a problem with these guys that fucking, they mentioned, they called out as being Nazis in a newspaper or whatever, like the local, like the Aquarian like right, here right. or some shit. And uh, we were like, all right. You know, like that sucks. <laughs> and while the show's happening, we just see all these fucking monsters by the bar hanging out, like big dudes, and we're like, these are probably the guys that want to fucking beat the shit out of them. <laughs> sucks. So, wait, who was the band that had the beef? It was Annie Flake. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They like said something about like the area skinheads and. This fucking, is on that same tour or yeah, something? Okay. Earlier in the tour. Got it, got it. And that was like three, three week legs. We did like three weeks, oh, had a week off, oof. another two and a half oh, week off, and then three. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. The longest tour I've ever done. Yeah. Ugh. And each break, we were just like, got to me fuck <laughs> this shit again. <laughs> Thank God for against me and rise against it. And I don't give a fuck. I'll say that. I, and I like the anti-flag guys, but it was like right. fucking, we, we had to get treated like kids. Yeah. yeah. Because we, they got a bold message, you know? Yeah. Were you guys playing first then? Were you opening that or second? There was but... local bands okay. from, like we were second. Right. They had like rotating locals, like yeah. New Mexican Disaster Squad, mm-hmm. some bullshit on anti-flag records, <laughs> right. fucking whatever. But so this is, this is Punky, what, punk, punk, you, you have, and this, this is something we can get into later, but you have experience doing these kind of weird. 
weird sort of package, like six bands, like yeah. anyone over the age of 30 wants to shoot themselves, yeah. like kind of. Which yeah. I was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Really reevaluating your life okay. on every leg. But so anyway, so we're in Jacksonville. So we're in Jacksonville, and at the end of the night, like, you could tell, like, it, like you know, they were going to have a problem when their set was done. Very outspoken on stage, and it's like, man, you guys are fucking skinny and <laughs> cannot take, like... So us and against me were like, well, they're very skinny. Let's just go outside. Like, let's just go out back and like try to just be there. And I, I, Jason Shevchuk, who's fucking smaller than all three of us, none more black. Yeah, he unscrewed one of these and just fucking had the stick like up his sleeve, and everyone just had like something (laughs) for the listener. Paul just motioned to our instrument stand. Yeah, so he basically took like a five foot long piece of metal. And put it up his sleeve. Makeshift baton <laughs> works well. <Yeah. laughs> and we were all just like ready to fight for them because we're, you know, we're yeah. friends. Right. And, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> so we're all out in the back and uh, the bass player, I want to say the bass player and the drummer maybe come out of their RV and uh, approach this crowd, comes around the back of the building, bunch of dudes, and the one guy's holding like a local paper and he's like, how come... You guys call us Nazis in this paper, and we're not Nazis. And the second I heard that, I was like, all right, man. I'm going to go back inside and start loading shit. Like, all right, that's a wrap. I'll yeah. see you guys. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, apparently they, he was like, you know, just because I'm fucking a right wing and a Republican, does that mean I'm a fucking not? Like, they uh-huh. just sort of started, like, going back and forth uh, on it. Right. And I was like, all right, we're good. Yeah. We're good here. I'm, if you're going to get wrecked. I don't want. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want nothing to do with this yeah. shit. So and nothing happened, of course. Right. But when you're that band and you have a message that's that's that strong, like the night the dude got yoked out of emos, fucking mm-hmm. singer was on stage. He's like, "Fuck you, fucking Nazi motherfucker!" Like screaming. Yeah. And then the next day in fucking Oklahoma City, uh, fucking tour manager comes up. He's like, "We need one member from each band to have a meeting on the RV." And everyone just looked at me, and I was like, <laughs> "I knew." So it was me, then Tom, uh, Tim from Rise Against, and all of Annie Flag and Company. And uh, I basically got reprimanded in front of everyone because of the outbreak that happened in Texas the night before. And uh, like, you know, violence doesn't solve anything. We're responsible if anything happens. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, what the fuck, man!" It's like, no one's responsible for me if something happens. Mm-hmm. If I, like, get mangled, you know, someone will call my family and let right. them know. Like, you're not, this isn't camp. This isn't CYO fucking day camp. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah. you're responsible for me? What the yeah. fuck, man? Like, don't be pussies. Yeah. You guys have, like, I was defending one of your guys who's my friend. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's what that was about. It's not about you. Right. Like, you know, maybe if you didn't have such a strong message, it's okay for you to, like, fucking run with it in front of a crowd. Like, <laughs> right. Fuck these guys. Kick them out. But then, like, the reality of it is, is, yeah, like, Something's you know. going to happen, and we have to deal with it. Yeah. 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 Like, you, you can't, like, you could run off to your little RV, but us on the floor, on the ground here, us <laughs> right. street-level people, you right. know, the peasants. Yeah. Still yeah. dealing with the repercussions. Yeah. And uh, it, it got to the point, I was like, I could, we could go home, you know? And I want to yeah. say against me, I had the same sort of attitude. Right. Where, like, well, we have no problem leaving the tour if, if this is what you want. Like, right. And they're like, no, 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 but, you know, vi- violence doesn't solve everything. <laughs> Sometimes it, it does. Yeah, yeah. And that's the 
the reality of this situation and the conversation went fucking nowhere and it just made me all of us pissed off yeah <laughs> that's the first time we've heard one of those okay yeah. being reprimanded by a tour manager on <laughs> right. a punk rock tour for you know defending uh yeah you know you're gonna sully uh, the good name of Fat records, yeah. <laughs> like in a, the in a weird of fat in a weird way, it speaks to you know. I think we're all of the you know we're all the same age where like the fat records kind of thing happened in the mid nineties, and the, you know the major criticism was that it sanitized everything. It was kind of a cookie cutter assembly mm-hmm. line uh, stuff that really bore very little resemblance to what punk rock yeah. actually is. And I didn't like anything on Fat really right. until like. Kill Your Idols tour with Good Riddance, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. these guys are actually fucking yeah, they were so good. Yeah, yeah, but, and yeah, that was. But that whole, I just never really gave it. Didn't grab me. You right. Know? Well, the inter- I, I think it's really interesting in all of the different types of of music that you play. Um, that none more black are like a, kind of a pop, like a gritty pop punk yeah, band in a way, and um, uh, I'm super catchy and like. Uh, and they it fits kind of the fat mold in a way, right? yeah. Like mm-hmm. being a member, I I could see how we don't totally fit. Sh- of course, right. yeah. But it's you know sonically on a sheer sonic level, yeah. maybe it does a little bit. Lyrically, uh, not so much. Sure, right. sure. Well, Gary Page one and Pink, <laughs> I mean, you're already cut above. They the. There was a certain person that owns that label that oh, hated yeah. the production on our second record. Hated it. Yeah. See, and I remember him saying like, "It sounds like Led Zeppelin." Oh, <laughs> let's trash it. Yeah. Let Bill Stevenson re-record it. Let's fucking get some tin cans. Yeah. We played through a Dan Electro bass. That'll yeah. sound fucking better. We get a really tight <laughs> snare sound, maybe a little piccolo on there. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I, I love the fact that you, that you're playing that band and then with Black Anvil, it's something kind of completely mm-hmm. different within the spectrum of, of yeah, heavy music. Right. Um, so clearly you have an appreciation for like, uh, you know, uh, catchy melodies and like major major chord kind of stuff whereas mm-hmm. the catchiness of black metal isn't necessarily major major you know you're, you're, if you want to get into specifics of right. the songwriting um and and I, for us following yeah. what what black metal should be was never the case right like that lies in our lyrics sure. and which is a very strong part of our band but musically we've always tried to take a take yeah. a different path and yeah. new record that's about to come out that we just recorded is way more musical than any band I've ever been in. Yeah. So. But I think I think the thing that's really refreshing is this, you know, and I mean this is a compliment, is this kind of like lack of mystique in terms of like, you strike me as an incredibly real, down-to-earth, funny guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Thank which, you. Which, which may kind of, you know, when people think, like a knee-jerk reaction of like people involved in black metal or, you know, it, it's it's... It goes against the grain, and I, and think it's I really am sort that's of, so true. Cult, um. I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I well, we are we we keep mystery when it needs to be kept. Sure. Right. Like right. You know, I try not to. I'm not going to fake an interview and just be someone I'm not. Like yeah. I am a you know pretty yeah. easy to talk to person. But depending on the questions and the context of the interview, like I knew what I was getting into coming here. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and right. <laughs> fucking with a cloak and, and try to like you know it's not about like i'll i'll still with most black anvil questions i answer a specific way and sure, you know, sure. there's just stuff that's for the public and there's stuff that's not because yeah. it's more than a band for us but uh yeah i'm still me and i feel like i we can't really lose sight of that like yeah i do get 
aggravated here and there when there's like pictures on our social networking sites and old friends from the hardcore scene will have something to say about Rafe not wearing a shirt. And it's like, <laughs> right. do you, are you going to fucking grow up anytime soon? Exactly. Like, yeah. right. There seems to be. Answer probably not. I remember, I remember yeah. getting uh, criticism for the way that uh, my band dressed, which was kind of the way, you know, I wore a collared shirt and, you know, and, um, you know, I, <laughs> the worst was I, we played CMJ once and we were on Sub Pop. Um, so what, someone, someone was writing the review and they at the time I had a beard, but from afar. Which band was this? It was called Oxford Collapse. And at, uh, from afar, I couldn't really grow a full beard, so it looked like a goatee. <laughs> so this, the review of <laughs> the, of our set was, you know, they may share the same labels, Nirvana, but you'd never, uh, you'd never, uh, mistake goateed singer, guitar player, Mike Pace, for Kurt Cobain. It was just like, what are we, what are we reviewing here? The, what, the way right. I look? Or, you know, the fact that I'm, yeah, in Rafe's case, not wearing a shirt. Who gives a shit? Right. Exactly. But I think, and I think that speaks to kind of, you know, this juvenile pettiness that, stays within a lot of punk scenes yeah. and why people and get metal sick of seeds it. too. I yeah. mean, and certainly in black metal. I mean, I know like for me, like, you know, I've I recently I would realize like, you know, if I read like uh, the Hall of Fame sections in Decibel, always if it's a black metal record, I'm just like, Ugh, here we go. Like, I'm not going to get any real answers. Where, as opposed to just someone being just normal, just being like, yeah, I don't know, we fucked up that song. The Which is so, uh, that's beautiful. Like that, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, right, now you're a human being. The agnostic front cause for Lawn one. I don't know if you right. read that, but yeah. Roger's just like, I don't know, I wasn't even there for yeah. that. I just showed up and had the lyrics. Which is great. And it's his fucking band. And right. he's just yes. like, I don't know, I don't remember, I don't know. <laughs> and I would rather have that, honestly, because also, yeah, I'm a fucking. 35 year old guy who's been through hardcore and metal like yeah if you're still like putting on that pose how exhausted is your life like in my mind and know? that see i i got asked to answer some questions for jonah uh-huh. who wrote that article yeah. about, friend of the show yeah. jonah bayer uh that that noisy fucking thing about black metal elitists mm-hmm. and oh, he asked right. me a, a <laughs> slew of questions and i had answers and it, i wound up just scrapping it I was like, you know what like I'm just feeding into some yeah. shit I don't give a fuck about. Yeah. So. How, I mean, do you really want to be talking about Deaf Heaven? Like, yeah, like, like I am in an your elitist. Life, like, do you give a fuck either way to, like, I talk don't. in the world about it? Like, in my mind, I'm just like, cool, I don't care. You listen to it, I don't care. I don't, it's, I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. And I don't care. I, that's what it always ends up. And, I, uh, yeah, I've had those moments where I'm like, why would I even chime in about yeah. this? I thought about it, and I, I was, like, real strategic with my answers. Mm-hmm. And I, I wound up texting him. I'm like, yo, if you want to say anything, just write, like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, he, and he did. Yeah. And I was like, that's really all I could say because I'm not going to defend or not defend a band that I don't, I don't really know anything about. Yeah. Right. And if they're going to get big doing their thing, fuck them good. Yeah. I'm over here. I don't need yeah. you know, They like, name dropped my old band. I'm happy for them. I love that yeah. they would talk about Orchid. Go Godspeed. Yeah. Jeff, I, mean, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah. yeah, get big. great. Uh, uh, wear them gloves, man. Right. I'm, I got you. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Because if you get involved in that shit, especially in like, you know, fucking more and more fucking cult black metal, it's just like, what? I'm going to argue about this like band that has a hundred press cassette. Like, because you think they're not fucking, they've changed since the last hundred press cassette. And every, like, that's what I'm worried about. Like a seven inch. Basically, I have to argue about a fucking, like, fucking thoughts of Ionesco seven inch, <laughs> essentially. Like, yeah, you know? And we get, we've gotten a lot of shit for being in a hardcore band in the past. Right. And I've never thought, like, you know, if I look at your record collection and I see fucking a Bad Brains record and I keep going and I Which see Bathory or Beherit. 
right. what you want. I'm not going right. to think. <laughs> I just oh, don't maybe I, I will. Yeah. But I'm not going to be totally fucking mystified like, right. holy shit. <laughs> I'm going to just yeah keep going and like look for more shit that I right. like. If it's a fucking Hall & Oates record or something. You right. Know, you know, like I think it's cool to be diverse. Absolutely. We've yeah. all gone through that period where it's like, oh, now I'm into hardcore. So that's all I listen to. Yeah. But that was when I was seventeen but years I th- old, I think what you're s- and then I went to college and like and even, life changed. But a you little probably bit. still even liked Kiss or fucking I Rainbow. I that I love you- Skinny Puppy. Like on and like I would just like not tell people like really I want to listen to Skinny Puppy and like. But you know, th- this relates to I the think the fact that when you are that age in your late teens, early twenties, and it's so important to you, and you think you know everything sure. then, and now as opposed to even you know. When we were that age, you have this outlet. Um, the internet was obviously there when we were, but you have this outlet to speak your mind and, and people write shit, you know, and I'm, you, I've, I've heard you talk expound on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is, this definitely is, is a sticking point. But the fact that I spoke that, to Joan about, we shut down some blog. Yeah, no, oh, really? I, I mean, that's, but at, at a certain, you know, the, the fact that. Find out where this motherfucker lives and everything. Well, people don't realize <laughs> now that you can't, up his fucking you mom. can't fuck up in private anymore. And this goes, this speaks to social media, whatever. Like, you can't make the mistakes that we did when we were teenagers and have them be in private because now there's a public it's, record of that. So if you say some and stupid we just shit. Saw. Exa- yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. You, you say you say stupid There'd shit. It'd be a it public exists. record of me outside of a corn show at LNG <laughs> and New London wearing a striped shirt. And just be like, can't wait to watch Lords of Brooklyn yeah. and Sugar Ray and Corn. But so, so, but not only is there a public record, but it's easier than ever to interact or get your message to that person, right? Um, than before, there is that there is that disillusion of like, and that's obviously that's what DIY and punk is. But you know, there isn't that barrier anymore Cause between that, artists. Yeah, because I've always had yeah that element. Like, and I've relaxed a bit. But yeah, I would always be like, you know, when you wanted to complain before, you had to make a zine. And I was too lazy to ever make a zine. So <laughs> then no one would work. just hear it. Huh? Yeah. Now you can do it from work. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You don't have to fucking Paper do weird cut and pasting yeah. and go to Kinko's and find but, some way to scam what, Kinko's. What, and then all of a sudden, halfway through, you're like, maybe I don't care about complaining about some fucking one for one seven inch <laughs> that much. Uh, Give us a little background on it. Because this definitely seems like it qualifies as a worst gig ever story. Shutting down this kid's website. Uh, as much as you can, you can without. Uh, I'm not going to mention the blog. Right, I'll tell you guys, yeah. but just to fuck that them even more. <laughs> and it's, and I, I'm still curious as to why the the blog stopped functioning. But it definitely got to a point where I had to send like a, a message clear, like uh-huh. a, a threat basically. Right. But uh, there was there was this website that was just like targeting uh you know hipster black metal bands or whatever this that. And of course, there was a couple of posts about us, which I could take with a grain of salt because we get a bad review. I mean, it depends yeah. on how personal it is. Sometimes yeah. I'll find out who you are. Yeah. But like, you also know that sometimes someone's just talking out their ass and it's not even worth it. Yeah. Yes. You know? But this was getting more and more personal. And I'm like, all right, the two contributors to the blog, like their initials were there. One of them was an S. So I eventually see the blog has a Facebook page and in the fucking likes or whatever. Sphere, some fucking band. You could even say that because uh-huh. the kids are fucking. I'll, I still know where his fucking mom lives, so I'll drive down to Fairfax and fucking burn her fucking house down. So, uh, some in true black metal fashion. Yeah, I, 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 or even yeah. better, like I'll just beat the shit out of his. Yeah. So I, 
I, I, I noticed that and I'm like, all right. And I scoped it out and I just saw that the kid is like fucking wearing a Fonzie leather jacket with fucking like ripply <laughs> elastic sleeve. And I'm like, all right, Mr. Judgmental fuck. Like <laughs> I can play this game too. You look like a fucking idiot with a Fonzie jacket, like in baggy pants in a yard going like this real fucking like that yeah. gives you points. Like you don't Visible know what I do with a pool behind them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't know what I do in my, my home. So you don't know anything about us. You don't even know anything about the fucking hardcore band you're making fun of that we used to be in. So turns out months later, we're doing uh, some shows with Urfaust from Holland, who mm-hmm. are really good friends of ours that I orchestrated the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like Fred Pissarro from fucking who's doing Brooklyn vegan yep. at the time. Uh, we had a conversation in a bathroom. And I was just like, yo, you should fucking get Urfaust over here. And he's like, yeah, man. Like, while he was peeing. And it happened. <laughs> I've had, like, I've done full U.S. tours with bands. We're like, we gotta do this again. And it never happens. The right, fact yeah. that, like, that happened in the fucking bathroom at Santos Party House. Yeah. That conversation. And it worked out. It was great. Yeah. So they came here. We did three shows. We all went to the Big Four together. Like, they were here for a whole week. First thing they want to do is see, like, the Ghostbusters fucking Firehouse. <laughs> and, you know, not to take the mystique away from that band, but. I don't think anyone's sure. You know, no. I, I think Come we're on. safe here. Yeah. yeah. So it's ghosts. You yeah. Know, and it's spooky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ghosts. Yeah. And they, they, that, they're the fucking realest dudes ever. So it doesn't matter where they wanted yeah. to go. Right. But, uh, th- that whole thing happened out of like a friendship between our two bands. Our booking agent forwards me an email from Sphere get Gmail. And I was like, my eyes fucking lit up, man. I was like, <laughs> fuck. Like, and, it was about us. It was about us. Like, why would you have a shit band like Black Anvil opening for Earth House? Why not bring over the Devil's Blood? They're <laughs> such a better band because he was booking the Devil's Blood at the time. What he didn't realize that was that he, Dan wasn't booking Earth House. He books us. Uh huh. We were bringing our friends over who wanted to play some shows with us. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I just sort of sat on that for a while. And Dan wrote back, he was just like, this is actually the band's doing and Urfaust are guests of Black Anvil and their friends, so maybe you should rethink what you want. Okay. Is this and, Dan Thunderdome by yeah. chance? He used yeah. to book us. Yep, Dan he Rosenblum. Was a, Dan Rosenblum was our first booking agent. Yeah. yeah. Fucking yep. Thunder Dan. <laughs> now Kareem Abdul-Babar. Yeah. yeah, oh boy. When he told me that, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, we played yeah. shows with them. Kill Your yeah. Idols did. Nice guy. That was great. Yeah. He works for the agency He does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, just as a, ta- as, a ta- as a tangent, Thunderdome booking was Oscar Clapp's first booking agent, like 2005, 2006. And, and yeah, yeah, nice guy. Based he out of Florida. He works for the agency yep. now? He t- yeah. Agency fucked over Panthers for a three-week UK tour. Three weeks in just the UK. Oh, good. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> you can listen to back episodes. Yeah, I've brought it up a billion times. <laughs> I'll take it out on okay. him. I'll give him a hard time. We'll prank him. So, uh, meanwhile, fucking, he's talking about the Devil's Blood. I know, knew Salim, the guitar player of the Devil's Blood, recently took his life. Okay. Uh, he was like a, a close friend of ours. And I know him through hardcore. First time he ever saw Kill Your Idols, it was Kill Your Idols' first show in Holland. And, you know, he caught that I had a Venom tattoo next to a Gorilla Biscuits tattoo. Like,. <laughs> Well, when I discovered Devil's Blood, I wrote to their MySpace page like a fucking fanatic. I was like, I love this demo. Yeah. And the drummer wrote back. He's like, hey, man, this is Sander from Right Direction. This is me and Salim's new band. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) all comes together. And so right away, I'm like, merch. Yo, you got to hook me. You know, like, (laughs) yeah. But the band is a fucking magical band. And the band really hit me hard. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it it didn't kill it that I even knew who was in the band. It just made me love it even more and, and understand it. And, uh. 
fucking my connection to a band like the devil's blood who would fit so much you know better with Urfaust is through the hardcore scene yeah and Salim had a fucking huge blood for blood tattoo so kid go <laughs> really? fuck yourself like cause that's tough guy shit yeah and yeah. Kill Your Idols wasn't tough guy shit yeah you know even if we had to be tough that wasn't the you know the MO of the band yeah yeah so it's just like people have this you know it's it's easy to just judge a book by its cover totally like, you really don't know anything when it comes down to it yeah you don't know that the fucking and not to name drop but just to prove a point to this fucking kid that i hope <laughs> loves this podcast big the biggest fan uh, yeah. big fan he, he, he listened Super to all fan. episodes uh he loved the liberty devito one where we uh, interviewed billy Jones. i hope <laughs> fucking you know like mardu guys we've toured with them and like after a tour they all sort of crashed with us and uh-huh. split up between houses and you know we're up talking about murphy's alone war zone <laughs> If you only knew, buddy, right? You know, if you only knew, you yeah, fucking yeah. dummy. <laughs> so, like, they don't have anything to do with each other. Like, why should one person be de- defined to this fucking genre? Like, why can't we grow as yeah, musicians? Yeah, it's so belittling and, and, and asinine. So, so, speaking of tough guy, I gotta ask you because I'm fascinated about the fact that you just grew up in Queens, right? And like, it's well, I'll wrap that up. Yeah, by oh, oh, sure. Yeah. I there was a website that I was able to access for a couple bucks to find out his whole fucking like get a like back history and a <laughs> yeah. motherfucker and I paid like fifteen bucks. Best fifteen dollars you ever I spent. I wound up hitting him back and being like, oh yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and when I threw it out, like when I got like real personal, it's sort of like the back pedal started happening. At first, he's like, I find it funny the lengths you've gone through to find out, and I'm like, oh, you'd be surprised, motherfucker. <laughs> like you're like an inch away from like having a real physical confrontation yeah. that's gonna be bad <laughs> yeah and then it well you know i'm not the then the back pedal and then a couple weeks later like the blog announced that it was gonna be done coincidence or uh, yeah hopefully i, just, I love the fact that all of these stories and you're you, like all these stories involve you and some kind of physical vibe, which so we don't get the, a whole lot no it sucks man who i want to have i want to <laughs> enjoy course. shit I don't want to have to deal with some fucking like kid in a Fonzie jacket. The kid sucks. You're gonna get nothing out of beating that kid up. Yeah, yeah. really. Right. But um, you got to make an example sometimes. No, absolutely. And I, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, because you know, I grew up on Long Island. You grew up in Queens, and it seems like I, you, you seem very Queens in a in a, in a very good way. Like, I'm fascinated by it. Like, I'm just curious. Growing up, going to shows, like, you know. We we fighting then? Like what was going on? Not the, the teenage not at years. shows really. Yeah. Uh, my neighborhood was sketchy, and it was like school was always like. Well, there well, was where, some, where did you grow? I grew up in South Ozone Park. Okay, which is biohazard territory, right? No, that's Brooklyn. More oh, Brooklyn. Okay, okay. Uh, Onyx territory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like in the, the shadow boys, of JFK, boys, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Onyx Lost Boys, like that was all my general neighborhood. Got it. Okay. And then the broader scheme is everyone else from Jam- any other rapper from Jamaica. Yeah, right. Because uh, I wasn't like in the heart of Jamaica, but yeah, it's, South Ozone Park is technically Jamaica. It's like Howard Beach, Ozone Park, Richmond Hill. Uh, it was you know it was tough. Like yeah. high school and junior high school, there was always like weird shit, and I'd. If I got picked on, it was either get fucking picked on or you fight, you fight back, you know? Right. Like, so stupid shit. And I was a kid with a kiss jacket yeah. in junior high school that, like, I went to elementary school and I was, like, the only white kid. And all my class photos, I'm, like, the little fucking white kid sitting on the floor <laughs> holding the sign, you know, because of yeah, fucking right. this big. So uh, every year, just holding a fucking sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I went to junior high school, I went to one in Howard Beach, which was just like, okay, enter Guido's with fucking Sergio Tacchini fucking course, jackets. Yeah. And, uh... Enter Guido's and yeah. enter other 
black and Puerto Rican kids that I don't know. And why is this fucking weird random one with long hair hanging out with us? Like, when I knew, like, a good amount of kids and, like, just school zoning shit. So it was just yeah. weird. Like, I was sort of, like, on my own in yeah. junior high school. I had, like, people I knew. My bus route home was a wild one. And because uh, we had buses, but it was, like, green line buses. Sure, that were, like, right. the school buses because it was public school. So the the bus ride home was always, like, a... Shit could go. There's a lot of fights, but that's the toughest time to be. fight on a roof of one of the buses in junior <laughs> high school. They fucking open a sunroof, the moonroof thing, and they were fighting on the fucking roof right by Aqueduct Racetrack. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, but while it, it was driving, uh, it wound up stopping. Yeah, yeah but I it, would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking totally true story. But it's also that's the hardest time to like be an independent person. Like I can't, you know. At sixth through eighth grade, which was my middle school, was like the worst years of my life because I didn't know, I didn't know what, you know, where I wanted to fit in desperately. Right. Like this was kind of before I really, I, I discovered Muse Underground because I was getting into that, but it took years yeah. till high school. So like, though, like, and I can't, and if you had long hair then, I did. And we're talking like early nineties, like uh, grunge era. Um, And that was, I remember when I was in junior high school, Nevermind came out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember the bus driver, Georgie McNulty, mad cool fucking guy with like a mullet. But back then it was like a Guido mullet, so it looked cool. He looked cool. He didn't look like white trash. Yeah. Uh, He was like in the Misfits and all this shit. And like, I I was already into like more metal. And he was like, yo, you got to hear this bear Nirvana. And I was like... (laughs) <laughs> like I just got the black album and I was like depressed that that came out. Like it was just like you were like, one of you those kids. You gotta hear creator, like, man. Like fuck yeah. the black album. Like yeah, listen to like you know I was already into way heavier shit and like already finding hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, he he mentioned Nirvana and it was like the second he said that the name was everywhere. All of a sudden, yeah. like yeah. it's like you hear a word you've never heard before and then ten people use it sure. the same day. So I remember like the Teen Spirit video and I was just like. It's like heavy in a way, but I was like, eh, I don't like it. I remember like my this. first reaction to Smells. I was like, eh, I'm not into bands like this. I remember saying that out loud. Like, <laughs> I remember no seeing the first corn video and being like, yo, this is sort of heavy, but what the fuck is this? Shit? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, it's heavy. It's not like <laughs> yeah. fucking. Sort of, but they were never, I never felt that they were heavy enough. My buddies were into like corn's first record. Um, yeah. Because it hit. Right I was very that into time. corn's, obviously. I, like I said, my buddy who had it. And he still has it. He had a Metallica shrine he made in his bedroom that he still has carried around out to every room. Uh, and I wore a Shabal Metallica, so yeah. good for him. Uh, but there was a brief period where he had he like devoted one little section of it to Corn because <laughs> we were just like, ah, it's kind of I don't know. There was something. There was something. About Monkey it shreds a mean uh, seven string guitar. I couldn't get down with it. I yeah. couldn't get down with Corn. But there was something about that first song. I remember just Blind, being man. heavy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was heavy. Yeah, that was but, the thing. And like, but I, I was mean, confused. Now it sounds so stupid to say like, no, I swear it was good. Well, there, like, there was a moment when Corn was not like a laugh. Stock new it metal. It was before but new metal was. There a was thing. there was a moment where they were like the outgrowth of kind of. I sort of blame Biohazard for new metal. Sure, and the Judgment Night soundtrack. But the, I will like the um, they influenced fucking Sepultura to take a different yeah. course, and that Roots record fucking like Biohazard. Yeah, at the well, uh, Biohazard was Machine huge. Head was the bleeding but, or whatever, or the red. Well, and I, I was I'm, like, oh, here we go. Let's talk about this. This is actually a perfect segue in, into something else that I wanted to bring up, which is bands from New York and specifically heavy. Heavy bands from New York because obviously with the obvious exception of the New York hardcore scene and its influence, uh, you know, the, and how influential it is, New York, you know, you kiss, you know, but New York, Twisted Sister, whatever, you know, never. Oyster Cult, Nuclear Assault. Yeah. 
No, you, okay. okay. So the, I, now this, I just wanted to... I'm glad you threw Twisted Sister out there, because I was thinking I'm, I'm going to blow up a spot. With <laughs> well, no, sister. Long Island, baby. Uh, mountain. Um, you know, you don't... I never really equated New York with being like... A heavy music anthrax. Yeah, I'm saying these. Like, <laughs> I never equated it in New York with. But being you're like totally a, right. You yeah. know, because you, you, I always think when I think heavy music, I think the UK or the you know San Francisco or California in terms of and Florida. Of, uh, Florida, yes, exactly. See, so yeah, the death metal. So growing up, you know, in Queens and like, I'm told, who were the bands that you were going to see back? Like, did you go to Lamorne's? Lamorne. Lamorne. Yeah. Lamorne. And that was always a super trek for me. Yeah. Just because that was way out in what? Sheepshead Bay or yeah. Benson? Yeah. I was, yeah. I, even for, I mean, I used to, when I first moved to New York after college in 2000 or whatever, yeah, like I hated that shows were at Lamorne's. You'd have to go yeah. around the world. Like, yeah. Manhattan. You go, go into the city, yeah. go back Broadway down. Lafayette. It's like second to last stop. And then yeah. like the walk from the subway <laughs> to Lamorne's is like a war Brutal. zone. Yeah. Uh, and I would always be going by myself because no one wanted to go to see, like, whoever. I saw, the, I saw Cannibal Corpse, The Crown, uh, Man of War, and Immortal. Uh, I saw Deicide there. That's yeah. great. But so, so, but so speak to that, like, this idea. Is that just a misnomer that, um, I don't know if misnomer is even the right word, that New York doesn't necessarily, what is it about New York and heavy music where it, you know, even though all those bands are there, like we just mentioned a ton, but it doesn't, they, it doesn't necessarily equate. A lot of those, ba- like Anthrax sort of became like a big name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just cause they were like from Queens, it was sort of like they pole vaulted over sure. the fact that they were from New York, even right. though they tried to copyright the New York hardcore logo. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah really? Like Tommy Carroll from fucking straight ahead chased like Kirk Hammett and, <laughs> and, uh, Kirk Hammett like got on stage. I, I've heard numerous oh versions of the story. I've, I've heard the story. He got too, on stage yeah. of Crumb Suckers or something. Uh-huh. And yeah. Like a fucking another great band yeah. from Long yeah. Island. Who became and, Propane, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gary Meskel. Right. Yeah. One of the fucking guitar players. And Propane being now a band I cannot stand, mostly because uh one year when I went to the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival at the Palladium, maybe like six or seven years ago, the sound guy never changed the C D. For three days in between every band. It was, the it was always the one propane on the way. Bam, 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 bam. And it's all I think about is this groove. Yeah. It makes me nauseous when I hear it now. But yeah, but Crumb Suckers were from Long Island, like right. mid to late. That 80s, first like, rock is one of my favorite hardcore Is it? Okay, I don't think I've ever heard it. Yeah. Life of Dreams. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> get it. Take it off my get iPod. It. I'll go get it out of my car. But okay, so so yeah, Kurt Hammett's on stage. Uh, apparently, fucking Tommy Kurt. Carroll got pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Fucking that this guy was just playing guitar solo crumb circus, chased <laughs> him out of CBs, or whatever, spit in his face, or yeah. threw a beer in his, whatever the fucking case was. But like him and Scott Ian almost got their asses kicked. And there's an old sticker. It was like some muscle dude with like the Anthrax logo and NYHC. Like I remember seeing that. And that wasn't like people weren't yeah. having that because who the fuck are you guys? Yeah. yeah. So it sounds so like they a were lot- like a th- like the f- first record, Fistful of Metal, is a fucking like thrash record, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. But it sounds like a lot of these bands, heavy they're, metal records, they're it's all like, they're yeah. all like bigger bands. Didn't necessarily represent New York in quotes the same way that you know Chromags are sick of it all because they yeah. had like a. I mean, there was a persona there, you know, like right. they were they were they were characters. Yeah. So they couldn't just, you know, Paul Stanley sounds like he's sort of from Queens if you catch him <laughs> yep. for a minute or two. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a woman from Queens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's, uh, a, there's a clip on YouTube, maybe one of Kiss's yeah. worst shows ever, uh, <laughs> where Paul Stanley totally drops his fucking shtick uh-huh. and someone's like fucking around with a laser pointer and he just grabs a mic and he's like, hey, schmuck with the fucking laser pointer. <laughs> 
calls him a schmuck, and I'm like, yeah, you're so fucking Jewish and from Flushing. I saw Kiss play a, a, a Lane Bryant plus size fashion show at <laughs> Roseland in like 2001 at the very end of their first reunion tour yeah. which I'm, if you remember I'm jealous of that I yeah. re- do you remember Civ opened a couple of those shows yeah, yeah. Civ Roll got offered to do that oh really really because it, it cost a lot of money yeah uh-huh. well it cost a lot of money for the band to yeah, do it to open. Civ got like kicked out I wait heard a second right. wait, how, the band had to pay to play yeah how did because it's Kiss right and they're they're a brand, not a band. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. I went to one of those shows, like Filter opened or so, one of those fucking bands. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Siv did play one of the Garden yeah. shows. But no, so I saw, so it was like literally, Anna Nicole Smith was still alive. And this was when she was at her heaviest. Yeah. Um, I was a cameraman for a personal finance TV show at the time. So I was in the, the camera pit. Um, shooting the whole thing and they're rocking out, you know, playing their three songs that they play whenever they have to do, you know, Detroit rocks or it's, rock it's and roll all night, rock and roll yeah. all night. You know, maybe it's, uh, music from the elder in its entirety. I don't know. <laughs> Just I love that record. Yeah. And we do a cover off of one of the songs really? on the elder, on the I new was, black anvil record. Really? For the listener, music from the elder is like the, you can kind of call it the lost kiss record that was based on a, film that never happened it was them be, take, taking themselves seriously like 1981 bob yeah. ezrin produced it and when i get obsessed with the band and i never really got obsessed with kiss but like i'll go in through like the gray area record and try to it's a good record like man. I'll, you like like I'll, I'll, i stand by technical ecstasy i stand That's by he, never say die he's never say die still. i love yeah you don't, technical not, ecstasy i can't really fuck with That's um all moving parts stand still <laughs> has got a great groove in it great <laughs> geezer groove never say um, die i love though oh yeah yeah. Horrific production, but uh, Air Dance with the sa- oh no, it's Breakout has the sax, uh-huh. the sax instrumental. Like <laughs> we gotta kill time. Like let's do a two minute sax in- like instrumental. There's footage from that tour where like you could tell Iommi's like done with Ozzy. Oh, yeah. He's like in the center of stage and Ozzy's just fucking clapping like an asshole away. In the that life. would be, and I know we're jumping all over the place, but that's one of my top five. Like dr- to see the tour that was, or at least there were a couple shows. It was. Sabbath with Van Halen and the Ramones opening because they were all on Warner Brothers at the time, and this was also the tour that if you ask that anyone, like Adios Amigos. No, no, no. Era this Ramones? was no, no. This was like 1978. Oh, oh. This is oh. like this is Van Halen one. Yeah. Blowing Black Sabbath off the stage every night because they were just hot shit at the yeah. time, and Sabbath, like you said, is like we're done falling apart. Um, and the Ramones, <laughs> yeah. I think they, there were there were only a couple of shows where all those three bands played, but that would have been one of those like sure. one of those amazing. Shows. That record, The Elder, though. Music from The Elder, like, I think I made myself like a couple of songs, but it's one of these unfairly There's maligned some heavy shit on that record. record. Uh, uh, songs. Some yeah. heavy shit. Is it proggy? It seems well, like it how, how you, you, you know it better than I do. Like, how it's would you describe it? It's them taking themselves seriously. I got that when I was, I went with my mom to Japan when I was like eight, and mm-hmm. uh, she went on a business trip. She's like collecting, trade, and sell toys, and I mm-hmm. went, and you couldn't get that record here because it was out of print. This yeah. was 87 or 88 mm-hmm. or some shit. And I saw the cassette, and on top of the record that I wanted, it had Japanese all over it, and the right. fucking case slides out. And it's like, yeah, like this is collector's not just item. a fucking yeah. cassette. Like I just wanted to hear that record. And I just loved it because it was like the taboo record. Sure, exactly. So yeah. I loved it automatically, even if <laughs> right. it was shit. And there, would, there was definitely an era where I was like, why do I like? I'd put it on. I'm like, Ugh, I like this. <laughs> yeah. Paul Stanley singing falsetto, probably because he's shot and he can't fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing so much blow. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. But there were some weird choices on that record. And it's like a clunker or two. Yeah. But going back, it's still really heavy and dark. And it's fucking, it's a good record. You know, there's an interesting, no, an interesting like article. We came cover out. the song yeah. Under the Rose. It's like the bonus track yeah, on this okay. new record. 
I had it on sort of recently, like while we were wrapping up the record, right. like uh-huh. r- the writing process of the record. And Rafe was like, "We should cover this in my car." And I was like, "Done." <laughs> <laughs> and the, the That's list awesome. of covers is always forget it. All right? Yeah, we always want to. There's this fucking hype. The list looks like the beginning of Star Wars. You <laughs> yeah, know? there's an interesting article that just came out on that website Grantland that. Chuck Klosterman mm-hmm. wrote. And I don't know how you feel about him. He does, you know. I don't know. He does a lot of like. He wrote that book, uh, Fargo Rock City. Like he's a. He writes a lot about metal, but he's he'll also, like show like, up on every like Talking Head VH1 metal yeah. show. But he's like the guy who's like looks like an indie rock dude, but like loves yeah. Kiss and knows about. He, metal. he wrote actually really and in depth. It was kind of like all you ever need to know about Kiss, and he reviewed every record and gave it like a rating and said what was great about it. Um. But it, it made me go check out some of the solo records, which I'd never listened to. Ace's solo and, record. But there was a great song on the Paul Stanley solo record. That sounds like cheap trick. It's like there's this total Wouldn't you power like pop to jam. Know me or yes, that's, that's <laughs> it. Great song. It even sounds like a cheap trick. It, totally, totally. <laughs> and then there's the uh, Peter Chris record. Anyway, <laughs> the Gene one shot too, man. The Gene one is toast. He, you know, Paul Stanley could write a hit, man. So, but but live can, to win. I don't know that. That's Live so to Win new. is the song that in the South Park World of Warcraft episode, when they have a training montage, they use Live to Win. And I thought it was a fake made up South Park song. Because no, I was like, man, court. they nailed 80s training yeah, yeah. montages perfectly. And, and then I realized it was Paul Stanley's Live to Win, where the chorus sounds like a training montage. And all of the verses sound like terrible radio ready. Is that from metal. like Animal Eyes or something? It's, one of those. Uh, like, yeah, not, some it's bullshit. Not, no, it's pretty new. Like... The, it's one of his most recent yeah. solo oh, albums. Oh, yeah, okay. no, no, it's like a couple of Like, years, he played Irving Plaza on that solo tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it on my they're, phone they're, and my, my, my compilation of 80s montage songs I run to. I per, I mean, you're you're proving me wrong here, but I, when I think about Kiss, and I think Kiss are fascinating, and obviously getting inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Kiss are a band, and I can't think of another band. Excuse me, when you think of Kiss, you don't think of the music first, mm-hmm. or at least for me. Like, I don't think those guys are particular, I mean, and uh, this is selling them short, but it compared to other songwriters of their generation, I would not put them in the upper echelon, you know, 70s hard rock. Like, they have a couple it's, of. It's not quite listening to moving pictures. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you but find at the same time, like, it doesn't yeah. need to be because the whole yeah. big picture of it, you open up Kiss Alive 2, that fucking yeah. stage is right. like, that picture changed my life, man. Yeah. And. Just the whole pack, the complete package. In a, in a weird way, you can make the a correlation between I, you know, I look at hardcore in general. I see this as kind of like, you know, this is a live thing. This is about the community. It's about. It's not necessarily about the records per se, and I think you could apply that same logic to Kiss, where it's not necessarily about the studio records. It's There's about a lot the of clunkers on every record, almost. Yeah. Like I'll put on a record here and there, and I'm like, mm. I stole your love. Bad song. <laughs> you don't like that song? I stole your love. Listen to the nasty guitar riff. Perhaps Try it again. I need to give it another. It's been 25 years since I left. <laughs> Listen to the live version on Kiss Alive 2. You'll fucking take that air conditioner out and drop it on someone's head. <laughs> right out that window. No, yeah, no. I, I think I'm talking about the, what was it, on Hotter Than Hell or something? Whatever. I, the Studio Vision did not, obviously doesn't do it Kiss justice. Kiss Alive 2 version. Hard I do have fuck. that. I was made for loving you, baby, though. Studio version is no, they, I, uh, I love I'm the telling you, this, disco this, song. This the last song Stanley, in Dynasty. There's all yeah. the Ace Freely songs in Dynasty. Yeah. Kill the last one. Save your love. 
All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna get emotional. I feel here. like I'm gonna be going on a <laughs> well, little kiss kick after. I this. do want to bring this back around to Biohazard because for me, Urban Discipline was a, was a huge record because that was a gateway record yeah. for me. But the weird thing about and coincidentally, my dad worked. Uh, There's a guy that worked like for my dad at one point in time who was childhood friends with the Biohazard guys, and somehow it came out that I liked the band. This is when I was you know whatever 15, 16, and he. Uh, made a cassette copy of the Biohazard demo on it, which I believe Has had a song, song called Howard Master Beach Rafe and Howard Beach, and that's why oh, I thought I they were from they were from Queens. And they've got this. Um, uh, yeah, it was about the Master. incident. What's how, that? That was about the Howard Beach incident in the eighties. Oh, with this uh, New Park Pizza, the Guidos chase, yes, and right. yeah, yeah. on the highway on the Bell Park. Yeah, way. yeah. Um, but were they wait? Master, why were they trying to go for more of a carnivore thing, like on the demo, like sort of sure. deal? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think everyone sort of wanted to be carnivore. Like even <laughs> Life of Agony was on like the Biohazard. Well, carnivore. there's another. There's another. Typo Negative is obviously another New York band. I that, love Typo Negative. Yeah. I yeah. love Carnivore. Yeah. I love all Typo Negative. Yeah. When That's I went a- to college, my good friend, my friend Joe, was from Staten Island. I think. Or where's Life Agony from? Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Wait, where? Maybe, either but way. He was a fine line between loved, that sort yeah, of. But he loved Life of Agony, and I remember he was just like he he told me that in high school he cut out the letters L O A because he had a light that would come into his bedroom, his childhood bedroom, so that it would put like a bat signal yeah. of Life of Agony. <laughs> that first record, it, what's River it called? Runs Red? Red. River Runs Red has some has some really good, really heavy songs on that. I'm but into it, man. I like the second one. I like the third one. Yeah. But did we like Section 8? <laughs> there was this band, Section 8. They always played Connecticut. I was always like, oh, weird. Wait, who's the band that we, that we always talk about? They were Life of Agony kind no, of Who was the, the backpack? Uh, Soulfly? District 9. Oh, District that was the, where they, <laughs> they were a good band, too. They were a good yeah. band. They used to play wearing backpacks, which was great. And then the, that was ripped not? off by Soulfly. <laughs> but the thing, okay, just the thing about... Because when you're in Soulfly, you don't have... Well, that nice accommodations. Yeah, you exactly. need to carry. You need a backpack. That's Roadrunner Records money right there. Um, I, I don't trust this interview- nice backstage or this bus, man. I'm gonna bring my shit with me. There was an interview with that guy. They're like, "Why do you wear a backpack when you play?" He was just kind of like, "It's my thing." I was like, "All right, I guess that's the end of that yeah. conversation." But what was it about Biohazard that maybe it's because I was young and I didn't know like the roots and stuff? But they seem to like sort of be apart. From like the New York hardcore scene, but they still a certain like they still kind of represented it, and like to the average person, it would look like they were just part of that scene. It was yeah, it's, right. But they were they were like sort of there was something separate, weird, right? Like they got big and just sort of like I don't want I wouldn't say jumped ship quick, sure, because the the record release for it wasn't Urban Discipline, it was after that. It was like Biohazard, the, the Warner Brothers record, probably. and New York hardcore opening. Like uh-huh. right. Crown of Thorns, Bulldoze, Sub-Zero, like all these fucking bands. Yeah, yeah. Roseland or Ritz, I forget. Yeah. But uh, it was, that show was insane. And I Hate God was was on it because Sheer Terror canceled. Oh, oh really? And they, they were like, like the oh no, it was Clutch maybe. I forget, but it was it was like, there was an yeah. oddball band. There was a right. pain. There was a band on Clutch. <laughs> yeah. Clutch, uh, the first Clutch record, I was a big fan of. Uh, Shogun I named Marcus. Love Clutch. Still. And that the the, uh, the second record, the Elephant Riders. No, that's, the second that's one's the only the one I know. Elephant the Riders, Riders was has the a third one, and that was the tour that they did with Slayer and System of a Down, and Clutch opened. Ooh. And I remember, like, I loved Clutch in high school, the first record, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm hardcore. I can't listen to this anymore." And then they came out, and I was like, "Oh, they're kind of just a stoner band now." Escape from the, had, pl- the prison planet. That was, was from the self title. Okay. Oh, okay. but they had all orange amps, and I was like, "Oh, great! They've got good like southern riffs. I like this yeah. now." I wonder if those records hold up. They do. 
I think I listen to it still. I think Elfin Rider is great. Ship of Gold. Shit. <laughs> That's the only one I know. The soap makers. We killer. all used to run that in a van. Yeah, they're good. The first one's good, but the second one's great. And you know, it's good. The the EP, the the Pitchfork EP. I had that because Justin oh. from Panthers used to play with them with Pitch Blend all the time. Oh, in, okay. In yeah. DC. Yeah. So he just like when they were more of a hardcore band, they just sound yeah. like Helmet. Um. Okay. So so Paul, we've got uh, amazing stuff here. <laughs> Couple of questions that we ask all of our, our guests here. What's the worst thing about you that you'd like to change professionally, personally? <laughs> wow. The worst thing about me professionally. A little introspection here. That I'm alive, that I have to stay alive to not upset family, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I can't argue with yeah. that. I can't even follow that. When up. the cat goes, maybe we'll reconsider. We'll see where everyone else is uh, at that point. But <laughs> right. and by the cat, I do you mean my cat? Oh, yeah. not Ace Freely or no, Peter, Chris. <laughs> Peter Chris. When Peter Chris when goes, I go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> I said to someone recently via text, uh, like that, I would gladly put a bullet in my head right now for my cat. And the <laughs> response was way like, "That's a bit much," and I was like. <laughs> yeah. Easy, big well, fella. I can tell the <laughs> yeah. listener Paul is not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So at this moment, no. Um, <laughs> to to bring this full circle, another question that we ask all of our guests: What do you think of the word gig? gig? I never use it. The only time I ever use it is when I see someone with a gig bag. <laughs> like, yep. like, what's up, gig bag? <laughs> the worst. <laughs> The worst accoutrement ever. Soft, the gig padded Even gig though you bag. fucking need one sometimes. Yeah. Oh, you'd yeah. rather walk around with that SKB, yep. and by the time you yeah. get to the corner, you're Forget ready to switch in hands. Yeah. Yep. I actually got at one point, I don't know if you guys got it too, we were playing some festival, and they had they made these really sturdy soft cases. You could actually put two guitars in them. It was some weird company that did, they were like, and, I was like, and then I sold it for like 250 bucks later. It was great. But it was perfect at the time. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so listen. Amazing stories. It's it's, it's it's been a pleasure. Having I'm sure there were way on. worse gigs. It doesn't matter. With, we, with no it always uh, the floodgates will probably open later. You're like, yeah. oh right. But we've touched on some really old. action-packed, dramatic ones. And look, everybody's got the the story where they haven't played. And there's nobody there. But you got some oh, really yeah. exciting ones, which 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 we love. And um, a new record coming out, and all of this stuff. This cat situation. There will be way more worse gigs. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Trust me. Until that just stuff happens. <laughs> I know you got music from the elder in the car. We just want you to get home safe. Thank you. Worst gig ever. ever.